Hi, welcome to Father Daughter Monster Mash presented by Cinema's Scoops. I am the daughter. And I'm the father. And today we're going to have a special guest, Uncle Dale. Uncle Dale. And I'm the uncle. Uh, he is. Yes, and he's my dad's brother. That's how uncles work. Well, it could have been my mom's brother. I don't know. That's true. But anyways, so today we're going to be talking about our top 15 horror performances. And when we were talking through this idea, the way we wanted to... And there's a lot of ways to look at the best horror performance of all time. And Dale ended up saying uh, the role that was... I don't know. How, how did you say it? Like the... Uh, the role that where an individual stole the the show, stole the movie. So if you take that person out of the movie, it changes the movie completely. Yeah, I like that. I mean, because that falls under favorite, you know. And and the other part of it, another caveat we threw in there is there's some that are so obvious that that uh, we Dale referred to as a heavy hitter. So guys like. Um, Bela Lugosi as Dracula, or uh, Karloff as the monster, or Max Schreck in Nosferatu. Some like the obvious great performances. We're going to leave off the list, just because uh, that's that's just boring. That's just less fun. Unless it really is your favorite performance. Yeah, like... Not you know, that any of this people I was made a joke that but... would give away something. But yeah, I mean, there's some that I think are just... Uh, it's a way to give some love to some of our favorites. So, anyway. Yes. Uh, so, I think, let's see, since Dale is, and we have these ranked in reverse order from, I can't say worst to best because they're all great, but from, fifth, we're doing 15 apiece, so. Uh, but overlaps will happen. Yeah, so uh, there'll be some overlaps and we'll clean it up so we won't mention the same person twice. But, um, so, Evadine, why don't you do your 15th ranked person and uh, we'll just go from there. Okay, so my 15th is Wyatt Wrestling Overlord. <laughs> Such a weird choice. <laughs> but okay. He okay. steals the movie. I'd say it's kind of a star-making role for him. Sure. Uh, I think he's really good in it. I think he's really good in it. So he plays Corporal Fora. I think I said that right. And Fora, he... Fiva, whatever it takes. And um, he's like the tough guy of this little army group, and the army, the army guy or the army group is going to this town to like see what's going on in it, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I um, he is good in it. I think he's really good in it. Um, I I mean I've never been in battle, but it feels like he would. I'd want him on my side. (laughs) Oh, what? I recall most about that movie is not so much his performance or any of the performances, but just the visuals and the yeah. cinematography. I thought the opening scene before the you even knew there were monsters, the uh, when they were on the plane, Fantastic. I think. Mm, yeah, yeah they jump they out. Jumped out. Yeah, I thought yeah. it was reminiscent, kind of of uh, um, Private Ryan, almost. Yeah, um, I thought it was pretty grisly war action. It's like bad before there's monsters. I mean, there, there's yeah, it's kind of like The Descent in that way. That oh yeah, it's really a pretty horrific movie. And then oh, by the way, there's monsters also. Right. So uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think it's a, I don't think it's a great movie. I know you got a little thing for Mister Wyatt Russell, son of the much sexier Kurt Russell. Who doesn't? I think he's just really good in it. He is a dreamboat. No, I mean, With a I think his acting... scoop of ice cream right on top of No, him. I think he's just really good in it. Yeah. He's, well, he's really, he is really this good. This is my 
favorite 15 yeah. top performance. So if you pulled him out of that movie and you put... Well, I had someone else in there, but then I pulled Tom him Holland him. in that role. What is, I don't know. I'm just Tom Holland way. would be horrible. Channing Tatum. He'd be horrible as that. He could not... You're telling me Channing Tatum could not could do Could not play what okay. Wyatt Russell did. Okay. That so, point made. Good. All right. Yeah, Wyatt so Russell... Overlord, 15th place. Oh, Wyatt Russell is literally, uh, in that movie, you could say he is a U.S. agent. You are the worst. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, Dale, what is your 15th? So, for number 15, I have Mark Duplass in Creed. Ooh, I love that. See, I didn't know you were going to do that one. That's a good one. Have you seen that movie, Evadine? Mm-mm. Literally, no one could do what he does in that. It almost plays like a one-man show. Yeah. I think there's only two people in it. There might be a couple other people. I think there's a video of of a third, but yeah. But it's kind of a found footage thing, Mm -hmm. and so the other guy that's in it is the one recording the whole time. Uh, And so, for the most part, it's just Mark Duplass on the... And and wasn't the plot of that, like, he's got... He says he has cancer, he wants someone to film, like, his dying wishes, and... And then it gets he darker posts, like and in weirder. Craigslist yeah. to find a videographer. Yeah, and he, uh, I think he wrote the movie. Yes. And did he direct the movie also? I don't recall. But he's a very talented writer and director, and I love that dude from the League. Yes. Um, but he's almost like a poor man's Jordan Peele. Yeah. He has really good range, yeah. really good movie um, director. Uh, does yeah. more acting than George. I dig Peele, that but... choice. He he's he's talented. And have you seen Creep Two? I know, I have not seen Creep Two. It is equally good. Really? Yeah, it is. Uh, one little disturbing scene where he goes full frontal, which I was not prepared for. And well, that's uh, terrible. Is it the same guy? Same, same guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and there's like he tries to be scary at different points, like to kind of like jump out and scary. And he has this terrific werewolf mask. Yeah. And I mean, it's creepy. The, it's better it's than nice. a lot of werewolves in movies. It, it's, uh, in fact, I believe it might on some of the poster images, it, it pops up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But it, it's a good flick. That's he's good in that. It's good. He's no White Russell. No, no, no. An no. overlord. Goes without saying. All right. Well, my choice for my fifteenth is is no Mark Duplass. He's or no White Russell. Russell. Yeah. But he's prettier than both. In fact, Jason Priestley would say it's the prettiest man he ever saw. It's Billy Zane. Oh God! From Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. He is. Uh, he is. I believe that was Powers Booth that said it's pretty smooth. Oh, I think you're right. But Jason Priestley might also say that. right. <laughs> he was thinking it. <laughs> he was thinking it for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight is. Uh, he plays a demon who's hunting for the demon knight that is. Uh, it has an artifact that's bad for demons. I mean, it's a little unclear. But what he does is he puts a curse on this land. And, er- and then he seduces each person that's inside this building that he's got kind of roped off. And he plays it with such joyful charisma. Charm. And charming. Yeah, like he has to seduce these different people uh-huh. in different ways. And sometimes he tries to be sexy. Sometimes he tries to be... Like when he's talking to Uncle Billy and he's like the bartender. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's everything he does is a little different. Uh, but then at the end when he's dancing with Jada Pinkett Smith and he's trying, he's like, uh, 
uh, he's he's trying to like tell her he loves her, but he can't say love. It's like, would you ever me? Because <laughs> yeah. I you. Yeah. I, I, I mean, just he's so good in it. Talked about him. It's really and like from our criteria, you pull him out of that movie, it's almost unwatchable. Oh yeah. But he is a scene stealer. He is exciting. He is. Amazing in it. So that was mine, number 15. Okay. Back to you. My number 14. My number 14 is David Arquette in Scream. He's good in all the Scream movies, but just I'm just going to talk about the original okay. one. And um, he plays Deputy Dewey, and he's the town police officer who is kind of investigating and trying to help the kids from the serial killer, mm-hmm. Ghostface. And, yeah, that he's really good. And I like David Arquette and everything I've seen him in, but I think his best performance is in Scream. And, yeah. I agree with that. And I don't think anyone else could have done it as good as David Arquette does. Well, I would say that Scream... I feel like Scream gets a bad rap. I think it's an excellent movie. Oh, Um, yeah. A lot of movies kind of came after that that were a little more teeny bopper type of horror movies and... Scream is much better than all of those, in my opinion. Like I know what you did last summer, Urban Legends. Exactly. And, junk. Yeah. and then the Wayne Brothers made their, their scary movies, and, yeah. and, uh, and I think it took away from how truly good and scary that first Scream movie was. Yeah, and I mean... Oh, yeah, the openings. <clears throat> Dewey's great, and I like Dewey's character arc from... And I know we're just talking about the one movie, but as the series progresses, mm-hmm. like, you know, he gets... Stabbed in the back in the first one, second movie has a limp. He gets stabbed in the back again in the second movie, and then he's he just evolves kind of as the story evolves. Uh, and he is a, he's very likable. He seems like a real guy in mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Honestly, I thought about putting Michael Lillard on my list. Yeah, from that movie because Matthew. Matthew Matthew Lillard. Lillard. Sorry, Matthew Lillard. Uh, just because I thought he his over the top part of it was great too. But really, you could say Sidney Prescott too from that movie. There, there's. Neve. Neve, Neve Campbell, Campbell yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I it's a uh, that movie is uh and that's something and, and Deputy Dewey is a a scene stealer. I'll tell you a little thing he does in it which almost feels like an ad lib but I I thought was really great was when she, when Neve Campbell staying the night over at their house and uh the killer calls the house oh. and the mom's like, "Dewey, come in here." And they hang up. And, like, kind of as they're all walking away, he just picks up the phone and goes, Hello? Way to do your diligence there, bud. But anyway, no, I, think it's, I think it's a really good movie. It's a good film. And he's really good in it. Yeah, he's great. Yep, so that's right. number 14. Pearly. Okay, so for 14, I have the great, the amazing, Ooh. the incomparable, can't oh. compare him. Colm Fiore from Storm of the Oh, my God. You know, this is two podcasts in a row where I forgot (laughs) all about him. Because our previous one was was, uh, Stephen King. And I completely missed that one. And Luke brought it up. And I'm like, oh! You know, but talk about... Because everybody hasn't seen that. That's Mm -mm. a great movie. So it's really good. It's actually fairly new for me. I had never seen it. And I I, I think at our last year's Halloween weekend, it was referred to me by you john and so i you let me borrow the dvd and i watched it it's a made for tv uh stephen king adaptation and colm fiore is 
almost Hannibal Lecter-esque. Oh, yeah. Where he's in, basically in jail most of the movie, but he comes to town, and um, and, and he's like a stranger, and he gets arrested. Because Got some he, Midnight Mass vibes. It really does. Yeah. Uh, somebody dies, he gets arrested for the murder and put in jail, and then people continue to die. And you don't really know mm-hmm. why people are dying. And but, he's clearly the bad guy. Right. Like, no There's question. no mystery. Um but uh, it's it's excellent. And you get the sense he could leave whenever he wants. Like, he's right. only there because he wants to be there. And I think... I, God, he is so good in that. Man, who I, is that? I don't even know who that Tom is. Tom Fury. God, you would... You'd recognize him. He's a kind of a character actor. Kind of looks like him. a professor. Mm. Uh, yeah. But, man, he is a charismatic monster again in that. I mean... Yeah. But, like, unlike Billy Zane, who's laughing and smiling and being yeah. goofy, he's not like that. He's serious. But he just dominates. Like Hannibal lecter like you said. Mm-hmm. Every scene he's in, he is the monster in the room. And mm-hmm. everyone's afraid of him. And I love that ending. And he wants something. He wants people, something. People keep dying. He wants something to make it stop. And oh, um, okay. it ends up being a very creepy, very, very good monster. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That I saw that downstairs in Dad's collection. I was like, maybe I should take that again because yeah. that's a good movie. It's long. It's again, it's like a four-hour flick, and he's not in every like the whole movie. There's long chunks without him. But man, his parts are so good. And so you said that was made for TV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good flick. Okay, my next one. I I think it's going to be on everybody's list, uh, and uh, it is Jennifer Carpenter from The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Uh, she plays the uh, titular character of Emily Rose. Uh, and I think what makes her performance so well is, or makes it so good, is that uh, she does some physical acting in this movie well, that literally no one else could do. Done. Uh, they would have had to hire like a contortionist who wouldn't have had the same acting gravitas. Um, but uh, she is... Uh, she has to, at one point, like, she's standing in a church, and she bends her back at a 90-degree angle, like, to where she's parallel to the ground, standing on her feet. And she is, uh, there's that, that part where she's laying on the floor of her... In the bedroom. In the oh, bedroom, yeah. and her boyfriend is trying to, or a friend is trying to stay with her to kind of watch over and he opens his eyes, and she's, like, laying on the floor staring at him. She's oh, all bent so weird. creepy. Man, she is amazing. But, and but her acting's good, too. Her acting's great. And even, like, one, in the near the end of the movie, when uh, the last kind of dream sequence where you kind of figure out what's really maybe kind of going on, um, the, the energy or the uh, faith she sh- her character shows, I mean, for a first performance in a movie... Um, that is outstanding. Like it's 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 that was her first performance. Yeah, I mean, like she wow, she got the show Dexter right after that, mm. and she's she's pretty darn good in that too. Uh, mm. Not great, but I think she's pretty good in it. She's okay. Um, and she was in uh, Quarantine, the remake of Rick. Yeah, yeah, she was the lead in that. But I mean, based on that first performance, I'm kind of surprised she doesn't get more film roles. But I guess she's a stage actor, which explains kind of the physicality. Mm. Uh, right. But man, that. What are the thoughts do you two have? Well, I kind of again like Scream. I feel like this is an underrated movie. Mm -hmm. I think this is this is scary. Her performance is not only good physically, but she is just scary. And 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 Possession and Exorcism movies, in my opinion, 
get scared. Those are kind of top tier for me is what scares me. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of possession movies out there, and this is the only one on my list. And so mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if there's others on your guys' list, but um, it's definitely on my list. I had it at number seven as far as a, a performance. And so, yeah, I, 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 I love this movie. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good one. Um, what about you, Odin? Um, she wasn't on my list, but she was kind of on my pre-also rans or my, like, original list. But yeah. I knew that, like, you guys would have her, or at yeah. least one of you would. But she's so good, and I, I think that, like, past what she does physically, her acting's super good anyways. Like, minus all that other stuff. Okay. Yeah, I, I, great. It, it, like Neil said, and it's a great movie. Just it's a great know. movie. I really enjoy that one a lot. I love, like, two of my favorite styles of movies are courtroom dramas and horror movies. And it, Says it both. Seem, seamlessly mixes them both in yeah. a very great way. Great horror and great courtroom stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, um, Evadine's your turn? Yep. So, what's up? Um, next, I have Rutger Hauer and The Hitcher. Nice. And I agree completely. Um, and he plays John Ryder, or some may know as The Hitcher. <laughs> 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 and he's so fun in that movie. He like is always one step ahead, and he's so like ha- he just seems like he's having so much fun. He is. I love how much fun he has when he like ties that girl between the two trucks. Like he's gonna rip yeah. her map. That's so fun. That guy is just the... so fun. No, yeah, he's or he's like when man. he's at that the lunch scene and the yep. he's like has a gun under the table or he has finger gun under the table. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah, he's that, so good. And no one else could have done that as good as him. No, nah, he was uh, in the 80s um, one of those go-to villain actors. Um, I thought he was only a villain in a few things. He's a villain in a few things, but he was a go-to. Uh, Blade, like, his performance, <laughs> a few big things, yeah. Uh, like Blade Runner, his performance in Blade Runner might be on the 15 all-time sci-fi or action movie mm. performance yeah. list. Because um, he's, he's a beast in that thing, too. Yeah, I... You have no complaints to me. I told you that movie was a movie that gave me nightmares as a kid, so... Even uh, the kid in the movie is really good, too. Yeah. In the, like, See, Tom's Town, but that would be something someone else could someone do. Someone else Some, could any, do. Any young actor, right. Ralph Macchio, could have played that. Why? Why he's not on the list? Yeah. yeah, yeah. But Rutger Hauer's really good. Rutger Hauer's is amazing, yes. Yeah, I had that as one of my honorable mentions. Mm. Yeah. Extras. That's yep. cool. Cool. Did you have White Russell as one of your extras? I did not. He was close. <laughs> close. Close. <laughs> I, I bet at some point we hear about his dad, but uh, yeah. Yeah. Today. Okay, so uh, Dale, what's up next for you? Okay, so next I have, and, and I'm going to butcher this name, so I apologize in advance, but I believe it is pronounced Ma Dung Sok, um, who is in Train to Busan. And I is one of my favorite movies. It is a fantastic zombie movie um, with fast zombies, however, in a very tight space um, on a train. Yeah, which is very interesting and unique. But uh, and it's and, and they're unique zombies by all means. But I watched this movie a few years ago, kind of before it was big, and and I was just blown away through the whole thing. But when this character starts to make an an impression on the movie it it just puts it over the top for me and uh, this character if you don't know the name he's in the new eternals movie playing gilgamesh Mm -hmm. i think probably Um, because of that role probably um he at one point there him and a group of of other 
um, uh, characters are going to decide they have to fight their way through a bunch of zombies, and they all have weapons except him, and he tells all of them to get behind him, and he leads the way through the zombies. And then he just, like, wrap his arms in duct tape yeah, or something. He just goes his and punches them. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And, uh, yeah, he is awesome. Yes. yes. He gives me chills. He's oh, yeah. very cool. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when you watched that, you uh, texted me that night and said, have you seen Train of Busan? And I was like, no. I, I said, I think I saw it at Walmart. And you said, you should go buy it. And I bought it the next day, and I watched it. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so good. This it's thing so is, fast is amazing. Yeah, yeah that's uh that dude is great in it, and he's been in a few other movies, uh, some other Korean movies, and uh, everything I've seen him in, he stole the show. I, I'm yeah. fully expecting in Eternals, he's going to be the best part. Yeah. yeah. I'd be shocked if he were at least one of the best parts. That's awesome. What about you, Evadina? Have you seen, you've seen Train to Busan? Oh, yeah. And I think last Halloween, we, um, we watched the second one, right? We did watch the sequel. Not as big a fan of the sequel. No. no I fell asleep. Like I didn't like that. it. Yeah, it was... But- but the one first one bucks. is really good. Yeah, definitely. And he's good in it. Yeah. Yep. All right, so my next one is, uh, and I might butcher the last name a little bit here, but Nathan Basil from Behind the Mask. <laughs> um, Behind the Mask was on our last, our podcast about the 2000s in the comedy section, maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, if this was just a comedy performance, I probably wouldn't have had him on the list. He's very funny. He's very engaging. Um, he has some dramatic notes when, so his character is, is training to be a serial killer. And on the night that he's going to do his, put his plan into action, he has this great little moment where he's sitting there talking to the narrator and he's like, I'm so happy right now. And he starts crying. And I thought it was really a sweet moment, but everything after that moment, he is Jason Voorhees. I mean, Mm -hmm. he's every bit the monster that he wants to be. And, uh. Like I said, the comedy is there, the drama is there. Um, it's like, it. There's times he feels like he maybe has kind of got some Jim Carrey type notes in it. Yeah. Uh, there's times where he, he's just a lot of different things in a lot of different ways. But at the end of the day, he is a monster, and all of it was part of the plan. Like everything he had done was part of the plan that gets to the end of the movie, and um, just a brilliant performance. Maybe someone else could have done it. But it was such an out-of-left-field performance. Like, yeah, like maybe Leonardo DiCaprio could have did that. He would never have done that. He right. would, you know, it had to be someone that was kind of a uh, a name no one knew. And, man, they could not have done better. And so, really, it's a it's a movie that, that I could see why it wasn't a big movie. Yeah. I don't even know if it, if it was in theaters or, no. or if it was what? straight to video back then or, or what. But um, it's one that... That a lot of people probably wouldn't understand why it's so clever unless they're kind of a horror movie buff. Yeah. And, and yeah. there's so many references and, and his performance, I mean, he just oozes charisma. He's fantastic. Yeah. And he's, he was also on my list um, at number 10. Yeah, so we're pretty close. So there you go. Cool. I think he's so good in this movie. And I think what you said about him, like, seeming like a bunch of different things it could be because he like looks up to all these people who are all different and he just like puts all those people into one person and he's trying to be everyone yeah yeah so he's really good okay cool so um my next one yeah is my number 12 is bill mosley from the devil's rejects (laughs) (laughs) i I think it's safe to say he's not on our list yeah (laughs) okay but he's on mine so i have he is Otis Driftwood, and 
Um, and he, uh, he's crazy, but, um, he was... He's, cra- he's crazy? Wait, Bill Mosley's not crazy. <laughs> oh, this is. Oh. Um, so, him and his sister are caught in a pickle, and so... <laughs> Wait, no, 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 I'll say. They built the pickle. I said they're caught in a pickle. In a pickle of their own making. They're caught. Okay. Okay. So they're trying to escape from this pickle, and they go on their own little mission, and yeah. Pickle Escape, starring Bill Mosley and Sherry (laughs) (laughs) Lindsay. But his performance in it's really good, and I think he's better in this than he is in The House of Thousand Corpses. 100% agree with that last part. Uh, I, he's good in it. He's very good in it. And honestly, I don't know who else could have played it as well. This would never be something I'm like, you know, Bill most that he's, boom. I mean, well, he, but he is great in it. That's he, he why is, he's he uh, my favorite. Otis Driftwood, yeah. Yeah. Otis Driftwood. My list. Do you have any thoughts my on list. this? <laughs> well, you know, that's one thing that's great about horror, that opinions are run the, run the gamut. Right, it's such a political answer. Yes. Well, it, you know, it, a lot of That's things right, like <laughs> <laughs> a lot of what makes horror great, or what what makes a scary movie scary, because you can have the same differing opinion. Like, well, God, that movie scared me to death, yeah. and you say, well, totally. no, it didn't. I wouldn't scare at all. A lot of it is about circumstance. How old you were when you saw it? Or was it were you watching in the afternoon during the day, or with a bunch of family, or was it? Midnight by yourself in a dark, dark room. It totally changes your perspective. So, mm-hmm. Evadine, you do you. Yes. <laughs> well said. I'll just say not on my list and we'll move on. So, but no, he he is great in it. It's uh, I'm glad you picked that one, not House of Thousand Corpses. I think the House of Thousand Corpses is somewhere around hot garbage. But you know, that's fine. I know you love those. So, anywho, she's giving me the death stare right now. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Dale, what's your next one? Okay, my next one is uh, Leslie Nielsen from Creepshow. Dude, he was almost on my list. <laughs> I love Leslie Nielsen. He was like my next man up on my also ran. Yeah. He, 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 you know, back, kind of back to the parameters we put around this about stealing the show. You know, he was only in the one segment on in Creepshow. Yep. But uh, but you take him out of that, and it's it's kind of a, a lame segment. I mean, every line is a is a quotable line that yeah. he speaks in that segment. And this is before he did Naked Gun, and before he became right. Naked was? Gun Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, it, he had done Airplane. And uh, he was an established actor. Yeah. But Airplane was really the only comedy he was known for, which. Which, you know, this was... I mean, he's funny. Police Squad probably would have been. Police Squad been out at the same time, yeah. which was a TV show Naked Guns based on. Oh. Uh, but yeah, this was... Uh, oh my God. I mean, I don't know how many times growing up we quoted that. Yes. Um, yeah. I read this thing about him that when he was... Behind the scenes, uh, he carried a fart machine with him. He started carrying a fart machine. And so, like, when Ted Danson would be doing takes, he'd be off camera squeezing a fart machine. <laughs> and uh, I thought... I think... I don't know if it was on... It was on one of the late night talk shows, and they were interviewing him, and uh, they said, someone told us this story, and he goes, oh, I, I still carry it everywhere. And they're like, so you have a fart machine on you right now? He goes, yeah. And he pulled it out, and he had a fart machine, and he just started farting. And he goes, it's great. Like, I'll go to, like, some big, uh, 
big uh, like award show, and I'll sit down next to Meryl Streep. And when I sit down, I do my fart machine, and I just pause. And <laughs> he said he did it all the time. I like, like that is so cool. He literally turned into Frank Drebin later in life. <laughs> but yeah, that uh, that creep show segment. Uh, what's it called? The the tide or I think yeah, it is something, something about, about the tide. I was really? gonna say holding holding your breath or something, but it's not. It, it the is tide some, rolls in. Or something, something about the tide, but um, but Ted Danson. I don't remember who the girl is in there. She's somebody famous, but uh, it's just the three of them in the in that segment, and and uh, it's good. It's what, not really funny. It's funny because he's so jolly. What I uh, what I do know about that scene is that he can hold his breath for a, a long, long time. time. <laughs> So, yeah, that, uh, that's good stuff. Yep. Yeah. Okay, so my next one is Robert Mitchum from Night of the Hunter. And uh, this is the famous uh, character that had love and hate written across his knuckles. Um, he uh, is a proper killer. Uh, he's, he's a monster, but he's just a man. Um, but he is the man that I think is a scary, one of the scariest kinds of man. He is a man that's using... Uh, religion as a shield to justify a lot of the decisions he makes, which is terrifying, um, kind of sickening. But he is a predator chasing young children. And Robert Mitchum was generally a hero in most movies. He made a couple of villainous-type roles in this and Cape Fear, which are both excellent. But Night of the Hunter, his, uh, his pastor that he's playing is... It's just haunting. He's terrifying. Yeah. He sings religious songs throughout the movie. He claims to be a man of God, but he is his only God is it's kind money. of frailty. But uh, yeah. So any thoughts? You... Really scary. Really scary. That movie scared me. Yeah. This is what I'm not seeing. I have this on. It's on my, you know, list, and and I've never been able to find it available, like on streaming services, and and uh, so. Yeah, I, I can't speak to this, but I wanted to see it for a long time. Man, that's good. It is good. It's, it's, man. Yeah, it's one of my favorite movies. It's on my Mount Rushmore of horror movies. So, yeah, and, and he is comparable to people that came after him. Like, it was kind of, it's a pretty, it's a role that people have du- tried to duplicate many times. So, okay. So, Eva Dean. Yes. You're up. So, my number 11 is Tony Todd from Candyman, the original Candyman. And, um, Ellen. Ellen. <laughs> he plays Candyman. Like, yeah. No, no. He has a super, like, deep and cool voice that yeah, is also kind of haunting. And, um, he plays Candyman, if you didn't get that. And, <laughs> um, I mean, he's just really good. And I know technically someone else can play Candyman. We saw it Clearly. last yeah, night. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, but I don't think anyone can do it as well as Tony Todd did it. No. It's a iconic role, much like Robert Englund will always be Freddy Krueger. I don't care who else plays it, that he'll be a, right. Like, you think about Frankenstein, you think about Boris, Boris Karloff, or the monster. Like, you know, like, when you think about Dracula, you're always going to think Christopher Lee. So, uh, <laughs> that's a little jab. Um, but yeah, um, he's great. He's great. Um, he would have probably been on my list, but I thought he kind of fell into that, like, maybe a little too obvious category, because he's so freaking immaculate, but, uh... Well, that, well, that's why I had him on my list, though. He's, yeah. like, maybe obvious. Yeah. I was thinking, well, he's one of my favorite 
horror performances, so that's why he's on my list. Sure. Yeah, I had him on my um, honorable mentions. Uh, I, one of those roles, I didn't feel like it made sense to leave him off completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I didn't feel like it was as obvious as some of those heavy hitters that we left off. But, yeah. Uh, certainly an iconic role and, and terrifying. I mean, again, back to kind of the circumstance. I, when I first saw that original Candyman, it terrified me. Yeah. Um, so scary. It's, it's, yeah, that, the scene with the, the missing baby in the apartment, oh. my goodness. Oh, yeah. Uh, still nightmare-inducing for me. But uh, Tony Todd is great. It's classic. Yeah, I think it's one, I, that's a short list for one of the scariest movies ever made. In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think it always will be. So, all right. Yas. Okay, my next one is Bruce Campbell from Evil Dead 2. Okay. So, um, this might be a popular one for the room, um, but Bruce, <laughs> Bruce Campbell, obviously an iconic role for him as Ash. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I intentionally selected Evil Dead 2 because Evil Dead 1 is... Um, he's not quite as as um, seasoned of an actor, we'll say, That's for that one. Good point. Yeah. And uh, uh, the third one, which is Army of Darkness, is really just uh, more of a campy comedy, which he's fantastic in. Um, yes. But it's it's in no way a horror movie. So, but Evil Dead 2, it has some funny, has some has some campiness, but it is scary. And, um, and it was, you know, career-defining role for him. Yeah, I think... Uh... Of the three movies, that's the movie where he has a character arc. Like, yeah. you know, in First Evil Dead, he's scared. He's a, a wuss the whole time. And he survives, if you will. Uh, right. But this movie, he starts off kind of a weakling. He even gets... He's the only character in any of the movies that gets possessed by the evil but doesn't turn. Right. You know, or stay turned. And he he has a character... His, his soul or whatever has a journey through this. And uh, he goes from being... Uh, this kind of weaker, just normal guy to come get some, you know. I, I yeah, mean, tough uh, guy. Tough guy. Yeah, and guy. yeah, he's great. And it, I mean, he 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 was my number three, yeah. and it, I put it for Evil Dead too. He wasn't on my list. Well, and I think it kind of proves the point with the remake with Evil Dead, without having him in it. A very good movie, in my opinion. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. Um, but a totally different tone, totally different kind of movie. Um, than the Bruce Campbell Evil Dead series. So. Yeah, and I'll tell you, almost my favorite part of the new Evil Dead movie was at the end of the credits. Do you remember that? Is he I don't in really it? Remember what it at was? At the end of the credits, uh, it's a black screen, and then you see a head turn. It's just a silhouette, and it's just like you see his face and that massive chin, and then you see the mouth go groovy. <laughs> I'm not sure. I even I even saw that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's worth watching and just for that because it's so it is it's so good. Um, and I'm like, does that mean there's going to be another one with him in it? You know, <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. But yeah, he's and he of course went on to do the the show also, Ash versus Evil Dead. Right. Um, and really, I think almost every character he's played since Evil Dead Two, he's done a variation of Ash, mm-hmm. uh, except for Bubba Hotep. That was a no, little yeah, different. He's but, not Ash at all. Um, but yeah, that's uh, yeah, amazing. So. Uh, my next choice, so sticking with people that I am infatuated with, like Bruce Campbell, my next choice is, um, the amazing, like, like, super heroic, raw sex appeal of Tom Atkins. 
and Tom Atkins from the movie Night of the Creeps. Mr. Ray Cameron, I believe. Um, <laughs> I've heard of it. I've heard of it, yeah. Uh, so in this role, he is... His character has a bit of a backstory where he had to kill a possessed monster in the 50s. And now he's an alcoholic and... As the evil might have come back, he has to find the fortitude inside to just be more Tom Atkins than he's ever been before. <laughs> he does. Yeah, I he mean, goes, he goes peak Tom Atkins. He goes peak all Tom out Atkins. Tom Atkins. I mean, he has some crazy good lines. He says "thrill me" multiple times. Like he answers the phone, so phone rings, he answers, he just answers the phone, "thrill me," and that is so cool. So that like leads really great into the last line of the movie, you know, and. Um, he uh, he kind of has nicknames for the guys that he uh, like the the main characters. But he again, if if you pulled him out of that movie, that movie is wholly unwatchable. Well, it, <laughs> you're right, and it's 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 written really well, very clever, lots of very clever uh, uh, names yep. in it, yep. and and um, uh, but like you said, without Tom Atkins, Tom Atkins is what makes the movie. Yeah. And so I mean like the, the the kid that's in it, the main kid that's in it is, is Jason just, Lively. Oof. Yeah, rough. He's 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 a he's rough, but but uh yeah, Tom Atkins is fantastic. Well while we're hovering around Tom Atkins, I uh I was doing some, some research into Tom oh, yeah. Atkins and uh huh. I real <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> I realized um like and this will come up later uh, a little bit but, uh, you know, he was originally supposed to play the Jared Leto role oh in uh, American Psycho. Do you know that? No. You didn't know that? Yeah, he was going to play that role. Huh. And so they're doing that scene. <laughs> 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 they're doing that scene, the Huey Lewis scene. Yeah. And when Christian Bale had the axe and went to strike Tom Atkins, the axe wouldn't even get, it, like, it stopped mid-swing. Right. Because his raw sex appeal just deflects danger. You know what? I did hear that, and didn't Christian Bale? Didn't he almost walk off set because he felt like uh, Tom Atkins' um, sexiness and every scene just overshadowed? That's true, and and there's even rumors that there was a glow that would that the that the camera was capturing, and <laughs> it was so bright. the The beauty of it was so bright. It 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 it. Dulled Christian Bale's performance, so they had to. They're like, Tom, I'm sorry, you can't be in this movie anymore. Let's get that. And he got it. He knew. He knew. He understood. Same thing happened when he tried to be Superman. (laughs) So he. uh, (laughs) (laughs) So uh, yeah, there's Tom Atkins' fact of the day. So uh, all right. So with that, Evening, what is your number ten? Is that what we're up to? Yep. Ten. Okay. My number ten is Winston Duke from Us. He plays the dad in Us. And, um, so I think that his wife in the movie will be on the list sometime soon. And, um, and, (laughs) but he's my favorite part of this movie, though his wife is really good. But, um. So why? So he brings, like, some sort of, like, comedy and, like, kind of a protection, like, relief part in the movie, I feel like. Protection relief. Protect, like, Protection, he's, comma, he's relief. He's he's big, imposing, he's, yeah. father figure. But then when he's fighting against himself, it's kind of like, 
Yeah. But he but he's funny. He's a tall he, drink of hot chocolate too. He is. I tell you. He's one of my favorites right now. He he's, he's good. He, yeah, he is, is good. He I like is his very And his acting's really good too. He's like, very good. I like him a lot. Yeah, I, I liked how like uh that I mean it's so it's such a dad moment when they're in the car and that song comes on, he's like, Oh yeah. This is this is one from back in the day, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's totally. I mean, I've never done that, but I've heard that's something that people do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that's good. I feel like I should do my next one. Do your my my next one with Nathan Basil. So oh, like, perfect. Can... Okay, so uh, my number ten is Lupito Lupito Nyong'o from Us, <laughs> uh, and she's actually the best part of the movie. Um, hey, this is opinions. You try it, it to make is. it so like it competitive. It is, but it's opinions. <laughs> it's not. Co- it's not opinions. Yeah, so chill with that business. Right. No, so Lupino Nyong'o, uh, I think, is widely considered a, an Oscar snub from this movie, um, and I think a big part of it's because uh, that sets him apart. Is the Winston Duke character? I don't believe his bad version ever talks. Um, I, I mean, he's imposing. Moans, I think. He might moan. Screams yeah, and, but like but I, none of them talk except for her. Yeah, her yeah, I think you're right. So, um, as the mom character, um, she's mom, but as her mirror version of herself. Oof. Oh my god! Like the what she does with her voice and her kind of monstrous approach to the character is so unique and and terrifying. And then when you learn the twist, exactly, it it takes that whole everything you've seen about that character and flips it around, and then you're looking at it from, oh my god, right? No There's so much she's... more subtext to right. what's happening here. Yeah, um, like I found that, uh, like I I think it's the I think it is the best female performance of all time in a horror movie. Um, Not me. I know. <laughs> She's no, she's no Sherry Moon zombie. Yeah. Uh, That's but, not my number one. She's an also awesome Okay, but yeah, I'd say so. Uh, but no, I think Lupin and Yango, um, who I think is another just amazing actor right now. Uh, but yeah, I think she stole every second of that movie, in my opinion. She is excellent in it. And I, I, I agree that once you know the twist, yeah, it yeah. makes the whole performance, it gives you a different lens to view the whole performance in and mm-hmm. and how much scarier it makes it mm-hmm. and um and how much more empathy you have for the character and and uh, or sympathy i guess is maybe a better way to say that sure but um yeah but yeah she is fantastic in it for sure okay all right so uh why don't we just go back to you evening because now we're up to nine. Oh, okay so my number nine is alex wolf and hereditary he plays the son um, of Tony Collette. He plays mm-hmm. Peter Graham. And I think that him and um, his mom, their dynamic is super scary. And the way he, like, some of the things that happen, I don't want to, like, give anything away, but, like, sure. there's just a scene where he's in a car, car with oh, grief. the car scene. And he yeah. doesn't know even what to do, so he just sits there. And the camera just sits on his face for, like, Three minutes of nothing. You hear the car. It seems like like feels like forever, but it's so scary. It makes you kind of want to cry, or at least it makes me kind of want to cry. Those those ten minutes of that movie, from when they leave that party to when I don't know if it's ten minutes, maybe it's two. I don't know. It feels like forever, but to when the next morning. Yes, I don't think I don't feel like he even blinks. 
but I don't feel like the camera goes away from his face. Yeah, it's I think he walk. You see him walk into his bedroom, maybe lay down yeah, and then wake down up. And, but like when he's laying there and when he's sitting in that car, he probably blinks. But there's that he's a little stoned, maybe drunk. He's in shock, clearly in shock, terrified, sad. I mean, there's so much right through his face. It's hard to watch, really, in it my is, opinion. It, it is, is so hard to watch. But his performance in it is oh, he's great. unbelievable. He is great in it. Yeah, I think he's got a lot of... I think he'll be a great actor for a long time. He's, mm-hmm. he's a very good actor. Yes. I, I, I love that movie. I know Dale's not a huge fan, but I, uh, I think no. that movie is as scary as anything I've ever seen. Yes. And that scene is certainly uncomfortable. Whew. Yeah, yeah, and 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 yeah. My complaint, I think I mentioned to you guys, is that I don't find any joy in that movie. Um, but uh, um, and and I like to have that in my horror movies to to some level, even if it's like like cool deaths that that are just fun, you know. Um, I I didn't feel like there was anything fun or cool about about that. Uh, there, there is one pretty cool death. Uh, but anyway, uh, maybe I just couldn't get past that one scene. Quite and honestly, that's probably. A big part of it. that's that's yeah. how I feel about the original uh, Pet Cemetery. Like, I can't get past yeah, that's the funeral scene. Um, so okay, so that's my number nine. It's a good one. Very nice. So my number nine is Griffin Dunn from American Werewolf in London. Yes, I like him. So very a very good movie, and uh, he plays the the friend who who dies at the beginning, and then his vision. The main character has visions of him uh, throughout the movie. As he and he continually like deteriorates and throughout throughout the visions, but uh, he is he adds a level of charm and comedy to an otherwise fairly intense movie, yeah. and um, and I, I again I think it's just a different movie if you take him out of it. He's so good, so charismatic and and charming. I think he's the the way John Landis interjects his comedy background into the story. Yeah. Yeah, he's just—he's. Sure. I think he's my favorite part in that movie, other than the transformation. But I well, think he's my favorite part. One of the things I—I I think about horror. What if if there's comedy in a in a horror movie? I feel like it makes the com- the comedy is extra funny because of the scares, and it makes the scares extra scary because of the comedy, and it swings you back and forth mm-hmm. like a pendulum. And so, like Hereditary, which is kind of just like so intense the whole time, and. Um, and you're just like, your blood pressure is just at max the whole time. Whereas a movie like that, where you have some of that comedy, it pulls you back from the edge. You can take a deep breath. You can take a deep breath. And then the next scare is that much scarier because of, because of the comedy, the levity that in, involved. And, and it's just a, it's just a great character, great lines. Very funny. So boring, boring. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I always had this theory. If you think of a movie between one and 10, one being the, the lowest, 10 being the most, if uh, the scares, the greatest scares are eight, nine, ten, and uh, the positive side is the one, two, three, and neutrals five, and a movie like that that can take you from a three to an eight, you know, you got a five point swing. Right. If like Hereditary, where it starts at an eight and it goes to a ten, right, that's two point swing. So there's less emotional investment in a movie that's cranked up the whole time. Right. Now that being said, like you said, if I'm if I'm uncomfortable and scared from the minute it comes on to the minute it ends, 
I am uncomfortable probably for the rest of the day. Right. Uh, but it's not... And like Hereditary, while I think it's a great movie and scary, I don't find it enjoyable. Right. Uh, while right. American Werewolf or Creepshow or uh, a lot of movies that that we've seen a million times, uh, The Hitcher, you know, where you're bouncing around that scale, and yep. you, it provides a bigger emotional uh, mm-hmm. up and down. Like even that one you and me watched today, The, the Borderlands. Uh, you know, the first 20 minutes... Borderlands. P- pretty funny movie. Yeah. Uh, where it's just two guys talking. Just clever and, dialogue. Yeah. And the last, like, ten minutes, I wanted to look somewhere else because it was very uncomfortable. And and that's a really good example because it's not, we're not talking slapstick humor. We're just yeah. talking, like, clever dialogue, like, two people just giving each other a hard time, which can be funny and, and, <laughs> and bring some levity to the situation. Uh, have you ever dated a Buddhist woman? I did. She, she took a vow of silence. It was brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> I mean, just... Funny, yeah. just kind of like banter real people and, banter. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Okay. All right. So, uh, enough science. All right. So now, uh, my number nine is Jonathan Price from Something Wicked This Way Comes. He plays Mr. Dark. I think, I think that's right. Uh, who is the um, proprietor of uh, a... Proprietor? He, he's so. the leader of this carnival that comes to town that is looking for souls. And um, his charisma, and it's a different kind of charisma. It's not playful, fun. It's, you see him, that's an evil man. Like, <laughs> clearly, bad guy. Um, <laughs> but, like, when all of his interactions with Jason Robards are mm-hmm. so good. Like, when he goes up to him the first time, and he's looking for the two little boys, one of which is Jason Robards' son. He's talking to him. And he's like one boy, and he like waves, and the picture of one boy is like drawn onto his hand. Then he waves, and the other boy's on the other hand, mm-hmm. and like he like squeezes his hand shut, and blood starts dripping out of him. I mean, like he's just evil in every way. And the library scene is wonderful. Two great actors going head to head. He's a slow a, walk down the street. Yeah, like staring. After, when he yeah. threatens the dad, he goes down to in a parade and he starts slowly walking, keeping eye contact with the dad. And it's like, oh my god, this guy's something. And like a lion pacing in a yeah. cage. Yeah. yeah. And we're gonna watch this movie. We're gonna tonight. watch this movie in here in a little bit. So a Disney movie. It is a Disney, Disney movie. movie. It's a Disney movie. It's a Disney movie. Yeah. Disney used to what? do some darker stuff. They had a few like kind of. When did this movie come out? Eighties. Oh, so it's not Late that 80s, old. Probably. Yeah, it's not terribly old. I it thought it was won't older. feel old. No, it it only feels old in that it's taking place in the fifties. Right. Oh, okay. But it's still very modern within that, aside from the lightning yeah. strikes. But anyway, uh, number eight. My number eight is Jamie Lee Curtis from Halloween. Oh, she plays Laurie Strode, and she is like the ultimate final girl. Yep. Uh, I think she like for me at least. Whenever I think of a final girl, she's the face, and she's the. I like Jamie Lee Curtis outside of Halloween, but she's so good as Laurie Strode. She's, like, kind of, like, tough. Like, she becomes a hero when she has to, and I feel like that's very empowering. I almost put her on my list, but then I thought she was too smart. (laughs) That's a line in the movie. Boys think I'm too smart. Yeah, as if she's not... No, you know, beautiful. But. Yeah, we were talking about that last night. I was like, man, I, I feel wrong leaving her off the list. And uh, she is, uh, she's great in it. I mean, she you know, is the ultimate final girl. She's yeah. the ultimate final girl. 
I don't love her performance in that. I think it's fairly generic. Um, it's iconic, but I think it's one that, that she's not even in a lot of the movie because it takes place in the house across the street with her friends. Mm-hmm. And um, I actually think she's better in some of the other, other Halloween movies, but uh, it's certainly an iconic role. Um, and she's the face of the final girl to you, but but pretty much to, to everybody. I mean, she, she defined that, I think. So. Yeah, I think um, she's... Uh... I think it's well said. I think her best performance... I think Laurie Strode is one of the great characters. Right. Uh, I, I think H2O might be... As, as you were saying, I'm like, yeah, you know, I think H2O might be my favorite her, character of hers. Yeah. Because she's got the crazy down, the mm-hmm. trauma that she's loved, lived with about it. Uh, but no, I think I think Laurie Strode is, is a great hero character. For sure. Um, yeah. 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 Good choice. That was my number eight. Okay. Good job. All right, my number eight is Chris Sarandon from Fright Night. My number seven. <laughs> so this kind of falls in line with the Billy Zane and uh, yes. some of the others, where it's a, he's a he's a happy, jolly, confident, perhaps overconfident bad guy, <laughs> um, confident to a fault. Happiest vampire I ever saw. Happiest. <laughs> He, but he's also very scary, even when he's not vamping out. Um, but he, he, and I don't, I don't know who his sidekick is in the movie. I don't think he's a big name guy. No, but, he's not. But God, he's excellent he's in great it too. too. Um, but Chris Sarandon, I think, makes yeah makes the movie. He is so good. I, um, I, you know, when I think of that movie, what I always think about is the first time he comes into the house and sees Charlie, like at night, the strangers at oh. night, we whistles. And yeah. He kind of gives him, like, I'm going to let you go. You right. Just leave me alone. You right. know? Flips open the window. Yeah. Nailed shut. Yeah. But, like, the part that I think encapsulates all that the most is when Charlie comes downstairs and he's sitting in downstairs and he's like, of course, I, you think I'd come over without being invited? And they all start laughing. <laughs> he's like, but now that I've been invited. And he's, like, staring at Charlie. He's I mean, I'll probably just come over whenever I want. And it's, like, so, like, passive-aggressive and it's threatening. Awesome. It's one of those bad guys where you know he could, he could kill Charlie at any time. Anytime he wants. Any point in the movie, yeah. And so he's just he's just so confident and so cheeky about it. Yeah. And, and he's really just terrifying Charlie um, intentionally before, until he eventually decides to, to, to kill him. And, and uh, he's just so good in it. Yeah. Great actor. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, was he on your list? Also ran. Also ran. Yeah, man, I I love that Chris ran in, in that he's just. He, has he been in anything else? Like yeah. like, like like. So and just no horror genre. Yeah, yeah horror. Genre. horror. He was in. Uh, he was the cop in Child's Play. Yeah. Oh. Uh, he was in a really good. Um, God dang it! Called the Sentinel from the seventies. You should check out the cast in that movie. It's legit. But he is a young man in that. Um... But that's a great one. But yeah, he was in the Fright Night remake too. He was. Uh, oh yeah, he lived in that house. No, he was uh, driving down the road and he hits. He runs the car and he gets out of the car and he's like, "What are you doing in the middle of the road?" And the vampire kills him. Oh, yeah. uh, I but, always forget he had that little cameo in that movie. Yeah, I love the way he says in that movie. You have to have faith. Faith that to work on me, Mister Vincent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, he's. He is great in that. All right, so my next one is uh, Jeffrey Combs as Dr. Herbert West from Reanimator. Sure. So, uh, 
again, I don't think anyone could have played it like him. Uh, Jeff uh, Herbert West is. You said uh, Chris Saranda might have been a little overconfident. Herbert West <laughs> is the poster child of yeah. I think I'm the smartest guy in the world. Now he I might like be. That. Because he has developed Saren to bring dead people back to life. Ooh. But it doesn't work so <laughs> hard. Yeah. I mean, it does, it does technically, technically it bring people back to life. It works, but it But goes they down turn now. into drooling, bleeding from the mouth monsters that want to not eat you, but just rip you apart. Yeah. yeah. And he tries it over and over, and it never works well. But, but he is overconfident. He, he has plays that. it with so much, like, arrogance. Uh, cocky arrogance. It, it And. I don't know if it's intentional humor or unintentional humor, but man, there's funny pe- beats to his performance. And uh, Herbert West is a character that was a good literary character because the book it's based on is called Herbert West Reanimator. Mm-hmm. Um, the movie's just called Reanimator. But it's a better character in the movie than the book, in my opinion, and that's rare. And it's because he brings it to life in such a way. And the sequels are really just opportunities to him, for him to do it again. Like the second one, Bride of Reanimator and then Beyond Reanimator, it's just like, now Herbert West is here and doing it. Now Herbert West is here and doing it. Like, that's all the plot of the movie. So, um, yeah, he is he's awesome. I know you just saw this movie in the last few months for the first time. Mm-hmm. What do you think of it? I loved that movie, and I thought he was really good in it, too. Well said. Good points. I well, watched like, it. I don't want to copy the same things you've already said. Sure. Yeah, I I just watched it this week again, um, leading up to this weekend, and and it is excellent. He's on my also rans. It's such a good movie, um, but uh, I didn't feel like from I haven't read the book. You know, I I don't have sure. that I don't have that perspective, um, and he clearly makes the movie. I just didn't think it was a, a performance that kind of warranted tops of the list, but it felt like. It was a performance that you just can't leave off. Kind of like with yeah. Tony Todd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, with that's Candyman. That's, that's, good that's point. why I put him in, in my also ranks. But that's a good point. Yeah. Okay. So Ebony, back to you. So my next one I kind of switched around because I knew that there was someone else, but fast forward, I have Sid Haig next. Sid Haig from what movie? House of a Thousand Corpses okay. this time. Yeah, and, and he's he's great. He's best. That's his movie. best performance in that one, whereas in Devil Rejects, he's still really good. Sure. But he's better in House of a Thousand Corpses. He has this whole little, like, the whole first part of the movie is him at the gas station, like, leading the people, or the little group of kids. Not kids. Yeah. Young adults. To the um, Firefly house. Yeah. And, um, he's so, he plays Captain Spalding, and he owns, like, a little pit stop, or, like, gas station type thing, but he has, like, a little horror ride that's super cool. And, um, he gives, like, a little tour, and he's just so fun and, like, creepy and... Yeah, he's about the only fun element in those movies, really. I mean, like, he... I I love the second one, but Captain Spaulding is having a good time. I mean, Sid Haig's having a grand old time in those movies. He's Mm -hmm. great in it. Yeah. Is there anybody more fit to be a, like in horror movies than Sid Haig. I don't think so. I mean, from the perfect Maybe name. Maybe Bill Mosley. <laughs> <laughs> the look, the perfect name. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, not, not not my favorite movies, but... Um, but my favorite. But he, yeah. I will yeah. say, like, re-watching... I watched House of the Corpses a few months ago, and we watched it recently, me and Evdine did, and he is really good in it. Like, he... 
his performance in in that and the other one, the second one are really good. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's so funny that he wears the clown makeup all the time, and it's just like right. it's just like slowly fading off. And whatever. sometimes but, like, he like wears the just the makeup, not the suit. He'll just be wearing like regular clothes with the makeup on. Do what you gotta do. All I can say is hooray for Captain Spaulding. Tootie fruity. That's right, tootie fruity. Tootie f and fruity. Yeah. All right. So. uh... So that was right. my number seven. That was your, that was your, your seven. That was your seven. My seven Box. got deleted. So my seven got deleted also with Jennifer Carpenter. Okay. So what's your six, Evadine? Bam. Okay, Bill Paxton in Near Dark, which you guys just watched us today. Bam. Bam. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. He's part of the vampire crew, as I wrote down. <laughs> the vampire <laughs> gang. <laughs> it's so, not inaccurate. <laughs> Um, so he plays not the head vampire, but like the tough one, I guess you might say. I don't know how the you describe one, him. The, yeah. The, yeah. The cool one. The bad boy. Yeah. Of the um, and. The bad boy of the vampire bunch. That's a bad vampire if he's <laughs> the bad one. <laughs> and I put him on this list solely because of the bar scene. Because I think that deserves to be on my list and high on my list. That bar scene's good. Yeah. He's, like, having so much fun and he's so charismatic. He's, like, I don't think anyone else could have done it. I I agree. Yeah, I, I'll tell you, having just watched the movie, my favorite line in the movie, and I always I always default to uh, finger licking good. Yeah. Uh, but when, when they're all playing cards and uh, the dad walks in and he's, and he's like, we keep odd hours. <laughs> I think it's really yeah. a funny line. You guys are up late. Yeah. Well, uh, that, the the scene when uh, the girls pull up and he's hitchhiking. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. I mean, he's such a goofball and, and he's so good at it. And yeah, it's, that's a great performance. Yeah. It, uh, it was, you know, so Bill Paxton and Lance Henderson are both in that movie. Mm-hmm. Both in... Alien. So do you know there's one thing about those two guys that no other actor can make a claim to? No, what is it? Do you know? They are the only two actors that have been killed by a predator, an alien, and a terminator. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Cool. Um So uh Yeah, so the next movie on the list it, wait, that was, so was that, that you that did that one? Oh, yeah, that was me. That yep. was my number six. Okay, so Dale, what's your next man up so or woman up? My next person up is Dwight Fry from Dracula. Oh, man, I went old school on mine, too. So, yeah. So, I we like we said, we intentionally avoided the, the heavy hitters, but I felt like I had to put Dwight Fry's performance on this list mm-hmm. because I saw it. Probably, you know, way too young. And um, Dwight Fry plays Renfield, Renfield. Um, in the, the original Dracula, the Universal Dracula. And the scene and when he's in the bottom of the ship, once they, they cross the ocean, and uh, the they open the door, and he's at the bottom of the stairs looking up, yeah. and he's making that hee-hee-hee-hee. And just smiling, it has just haunted me my entire life. I probably saw it when I was five years old. Um, <laughs> and, and honestly, that scene, he's great in the, the whole movie, but that scene, I feel like, when you go back and watch those movies, there's not that much in today's context that's really that scary, right? Mm-hmm. 
I think that scene is truly horrific. I think it's the scariest scene of any of the Universal movies. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think even in today's context, I think that scene is truly disturbing and and scary. And so, yeah, that's that's why I've got him on the list. Yeah, oh, Love that's it. 100% yes. right. Uh, yeah, Dwight Fry is great. He's also the first hunchback that helped Dr. Frankenstein and Frankenstein. I mean, he, he, has yeah. a, he died really young, too. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, my next one, I also went old school, uh, and I went foreign old school. I went Peter Lorre from the German expressionist movie M. So uh, M is, uh, so Peter Lorre is a killer in it. Uh, it's killing, murdering small children. And it's always, it's handled, I mean, it's, we're talking the 30s, so it's handled really discreetly. Like, a kid would be walking with a balloon, and then a shadow would come up and talk to the kid. And then the next shot, you'd see a balloon floating away. You know, like, really like that. And and so, the plot of the movie, there's a mob that tracks down this killer. And then they have this kind of uh, uh, kangaroo court type thing where the local mafia puts him on trial. And mm-hmm. he knows he's going to die. And really, the only lines he has is when he's defending himself. And his defense is exactly what you would want to hear a serial killer say. Like, he's like, I hate that I'm a killer, but I want to kill. I, I'm, I gotta kill. Like, that's what I am. You need to kill me because I will keep killing children. And it's just, and he's, he's crazy and, but like, it's brutal honesty. It's like, it's like he knows he's about to die and he's it's just. like almost emotional. Yeah, it, it's a wonderful scene and it's a wonderful actor delivering the lines um but he is he's every bit and it came out around the same time as Dragon Frankenstein his character <coughs> is every bit as scary as any of the more proper type monsters from that era um but yeah Peter Lorre just knocked it out of the park so and Ebony you saw him recently yes I did and you, have you ever seen it long time ago yeah but it's really good movie so all right, so Dino, what's up? My number five is Florence Pugh from Midsommar. She plays Danny, the girlfriend, and um, she's the only girl that's like in the forefront group. And um, she, I think she, her performance is just like so much better than everyone else in the whole movie. Um, she, like, right from the start of the movie, she is in grief entirely her whole family like died so she's she's grieving big time and then on top of it she goes to a really she gets in a really weird situation so she goes on a trip with her boyfriend who she has issues with and it's just it's just a really rough movie for her but it ends in a somewhat good way for her she's chilling it ends with acceptance and she needed that she needed that so Florence Pugh, good one. Yeah, Ow. she's a. I thought she was really good in this movie. My opinion, my favorite. Oh, that's, that's fine. That's, yeah, yeah. It's I, a good th- movie. I would say a lot of people probably agree with you on that. Um, Not I, in this room. No, I'm well, just kidding. Actually, I think she is fine. I, I, this is another one where I just didn't get kind of like Hereditary. Just, just I wasn't crazy about this movie. Um, so you just don't like Ari Aster. Well, I, I again, I, I need some joy. Hey, shut and, up. And to keep, <laughs> hey, it's my opinion. Okay, okay. There you uh, go. I, I, I need a little bit of joy in in my movies that I watch, and and so, but she's 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 good in it. I mean, and there were aspects of it that I liked a lot. Yeah, I, uh, I think she's great. In it. I, I, I could see someone else playing it, personally. Mm-hmm. 
I think the uh, her best bit is at the end because mm-hmm. her reaction to what is ha- like if you look at like that and Hereditary, the two movies made by Ari Aster, both movies end in a very similar fashion mm-hmm. to where your principal character is presented with his fate, his or her fate, and and they both respond differently. She's pretty cool with it. Like she's she is very. Cool she with has. It. Flip the script, and I mean, I think that that last few minutes from that bizarre sexual scene mm-hmm. that happens in in contrast to the birthing scene that she's going through, which mm. is haunting. That's uh, from there on. It's like either a de-evolution into insanity, or it's an acceptance into the reality she really wants. But yeah, I think the last. 10, 15 minutes of that movie is pretty well acted by her. Yeah. So, yeah. And that in that movie is another scene where she has a close-up, like, on her face, yeah. and it's kind just, of haunting. Just like right there. And, yeah. Just number five. Okay. Okay, so my number five is where I kind of went off script. Okay. A little bit. Okay. Where okay. A, lot of these, a lot of these really good movies, this was hard... So All of these really good movies. You picked a bad movie. There'd be multiple really good performances. Ooh, I got you. I know and, what you're doing. And how do you how do you pick one um, over the other? So I I on this one I actually chose three people from the same movie as kind of my fifth overall performance. And that movie is Hocus Pocus. Exactly. <laughs> Bette Midler, the makeup. No, uh, <laughs> it was it was Jaws. Yep. Robert Shaw, Roy Scheider, and uh, Richard Dreyfuss. Yep. And um, if I had to pick one, it'd be Robert Shaw. Me too. Uh, because every sentence he says in that movie is captivating, mm-hmm. and um, and and intriguing. But Roy Scheider's fantastic, and and um, and and Richard Dreyfuss, I think, is fantastic. Who probably mm-hmm. gets the short end of the stick. Yeah. Um, but when they're all three on the boat, alone on the boat, it's just three, just those three fighting the shark, fighting Jaws. Um, there, there are just so many classic lines, scenes. Um, the scene in the belly of the ship when they're drinking and and telling stories, it is so captivating and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just think they're fantastic in it. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I I think that's really well said. I I had Robert Shaw on my list, um, but yeah, it was splitting hairs. I mean, they're yeah. they're they're all awesome. I feel like they're all so good. You have to put at least one on your list. So, right. uh, but yeah, that's that's amazing. What about mm-hmm. you? Any thoughts aside from yeah? You said like everything I could probably think of. So, okay, good That's job. Cool. That's good. Okay, well, my next one I'm gonna go just with one person for a movie. Okay, risky. That's okay. Yeah. It, it, so, but that one person's a good one, and that person is Anthony Perkins in Psycho. That's and a great one. yeah, so it is a uh, performance that uh, he doesn't show up about halfway through the movie. Uh, when he shows up, he seems just like a little mama's boy and uh, kind of <laughs> weird. Boy's best friend is his mother. Kind of. Uh, kind of. Uh, Shy, charming. Kinda. Yeah. Maybe the love interest, you know. Yeah. I mean, like, you don't really know what he's, what's going on. And uh, then mother makes an appearance. And as the movie goes on, you find out that he's got some secrets. Is that your way to say that? I'd say so. And I think what I really, I really love the last shot of him in this movie when he's absolutely 
um, makes the whole yeah. performance for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, and um, what I don't like about that scene is I feel like they're like, well, we know the audience is stupid, so let me explain to you exactly what happened. And and they like you hear that voiceover of them just like walking through it. But his speech where where he's like. Right. They wouldn't let me hurt a... F- they don't think I would even hurt a fly. Right. He would never hurt a fly. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that... Uh, that scary... And then when you zoom out on his face, the skeleton's superimposed over his face for just a second. And he has, like... I don't know what the deal is, but he has, like... It's on his face for a long time, and it's almost like he very, 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 very slowly has just cracks the slightest smile. Yeah. He goes yeah. from looking, like, confused to evil. Yeah. Just hey, like he, he just looks evil in that scene. I am not a fan of Anthony Perkins. I've seen him in several things. I've never thought he was very good. Really? Yeah, but that's Norman Bates. I th- and I I kind of got a long way into that description before I said the name Norman Bates. Yeah, but he is so just terrifying in that yeah. role. So good. Uh, he is the. I'll say he is the mother of serial killers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, I mean, there's no spoilers on that. Everyone, come on. We all know who Norman Bates is. So, all right. So, Evadine. Okay, so I think my my number... This is my number four. I don't know what number you guys are on. I'm on number four. Okay. Yeah. So, my number four is Christian Bale in American Psycho. Mine, too. Is that yours, too? I, he's my number two. Oh, okay. Well, then we can all just talk about it. Let's talk group. about it. No, let's just talk about it now. Um, so, Christian Bale is Patrick Bateman. In American Psycho, he I have him in as the main slice, and he mm-hmm. is the main character, and he's crazy. You wrote the main slice. Yeah, he's the. I didn't know. I was putting like their name and then what they are to the movie. Okay. And so he's the main character. He's the main and slice. The main he's slice. The main slice. And um, he's crazy, and he's just kind of a regular dude. So it seems, and um, who has a very fancy routine. <laughs> And then you find, well, you kind of just see some of the things that he does in his free time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. A little outside the norm. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's true. You see I, thought, I thought when you said main slice, that was like a slasher joke. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he is a slasher on the side. I mean... I'm just meaning like he, from the outside of the, the people in the movie, so that, he just kind of looks like a So that dude. movie's clearly a horror movie, a drama. Mm-hmm. But he interjects so much comedy intentionally in an unintentional uh-huh. way. Yeah. Right? Like with the immaculate business card scene, with the Huey Lewis thing. Um, oh, he's so charismatic. Even little stuff like he's going to the... Uh, Dry cleaner, and and he's like, uh, it's cranberry, cran apple, and it's clearly a blood stain on his. Right. On it, I mean, uh, and he <laughs> stupid, you know, he he uh, he is so just amazing to watch in that movie. Yeah. So he's your number two. He's my number two, and I think the reason that I love that performance so much. So I, I, I heard this somewhere. For all I know, it was on this very informative podcast. <laughs> but uh, when he made that movie, the the other actors on the set were unhappy with him. And they thought he was way over the top and overacting. And they thought it was a terrible performance. I don't, I don't know if you've heard that. Apparently it wasn't this podcast. I, I saw that somewhere. <laughs> I that somewhere. Uh, but 
and and the more I think about that, it's like, well, geez, Christian Christian Bale is such a good actor that that he knew what he was doing. It is over the top, and it it is it is overacting, but it it works so well to play into the level of crazy that I'm not sure anybody has ever been able to hit in any other movie. And you know, like. I, Aside from the Tom Atkins casting, there was like some popular rumors of. I remember when this movie was coming out, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was cast as Patrick Bateman. Yeah. And it was like, oh man, what great casting! I can't, I can't see him playing this role. It would have been a different uh-uh. performance altogether. It would have been completely different. I mean, it would have been probably. A, I would think less funny. It, I feel like I would it would have been like yeah. more of a drama. I mean, or just straight horror. Yeah. Yeah, straight slasher. Uh, but I think it. That movie's meant to disorient you. Like, at the end of the movie, you're supposed to question some things about it. Yeah. And I think by it being so dark and terrible at points, and so light and funny in other points, and even like we said on the podcast about how Willem Dafoe was, he would shoot multiple scenes where the director would say, okay, in this take, you know he's the killer. In this take, you don't know he's the killer. And then he would intermix them. I think the whole point of everything was to disorient you as you're watching the movie. And, uh, and she did a masterful end. job directing that movie and uh, and doing it because there's so much. God, there's so much about that that's enjoyable to watch. It is. My mm-hmm. God, he's good. It, there's just, it's just scene after scene that is just so good that you mm-hmm. can kind of think back and think through that. The business card scene is, is is a really good example because. I mean, how do you tell somebody? There's this one scene; it's unbelievable. You wouldn't get, you wouldn't, you wouldn't believe how cool it is. They're comparing business cards. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. it makes no sense, totally. but it's, but it's, it, it's That's so such well a good done. scene. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right. So that was your my number, number four. His number two. All right. So, so what's your my next number minute? four? Is Jack Nicholson from The Shining, and he's my numero two. Okay. So I got Crazy Jack, Jack Torrance. I'd say it's another role where it's just like a guy acting crazy the whole time. Oh, man, <laughs> nobody plays crazy like like he does. No, uh, well, in a way, but he is he he has a character arc arc in this where he starts off as as clearly not the best father. There's some stuff going on there. Um, and then when he gets to, to the hotel, he goes through this arc of crazy town. And once he hits peak crazy, he is peak Jack Nicholson. And it, it is a masterful performance. Yes. Yes. But I almost feel like I remember in our last episode with Luke, um, you saying there's no character arc. In Jack Nicholson's. Well, I feel like he's just crazy from the get go. Like I feel like Is the first time list? you see him, no, he's not. Okay. Uh, it could have been. I thought it fell kind of in the obvious category. Mm-hmm. But like, sure. I, I thought, um, like he he's. I don't see a ton of character arc. What I see is a man dealing with alcoholism, For sure. and uh, mm-hmm. he is struggling, and he finds. His outlet in humor and insults to his family. Oh, yeah. Uh, and but those are, those those exist in him. 
It's the hotel that brings it out of. Yeah. Right. It's just in, oh, yeah. And he's a little douchey on the way up when he's like. Oh, for sure. Like, did you hear that? He saw it on the TV. Right. I mean, like, he's well, and, and there's some ambiguity about the kid's arm. and Maybe was he broke he, his maybe arm. Maybe he was a little and, abusive. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. And for sure, there's he's clearly fighting some inner demons there. Mm-hmm. But once he gets to the hotel, they, they, you know, really there's no more fighting them demons. Yeah, it, it's almost immediately. <laughs> like right away, he he's throwing the ball against the wall and he's staring, staring the, at the window. I mean, he's, <laughs> yeah, he's crazy. The moment well, he starts in there, yes, he's fighting it. But there's a, like a three month jump in time, you know. Yeah. So yeah. To, to the viewer, it's immediate. But yeah. But, He's great in it. But I mean, he, he's fantastic in it. That movie sure. uh, would not be the same without it. Like, no, like, that era, would, if they put James Caan in that role, or right. Al Pacino, <laughs> it would, <laughs> hoo right. You know, I mean, like, it would not be the same thing. Well, you know, after she discovers that all he's been typing is is that one sentence over and over, mm-hmm. and uh, and then he start he he walks in on her, and then she has the oh. knife, and she's walking back and away from him, and she's following, or he's following along, talking to her. When you hear me in this room, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is so good, oh. just yeah. just such a good scene, such a yeah. good so scene. scary. He is he's he terrifying. Is very scary. He's terrifying. Okay. Yeah. So, my, I, I'm, I'm, I've got them all. <laughs> like I'm, uh, all I've got all left right. on my list is number one. Me so, too. Me too. Okay. So let's jump into also rants. So yes. let's not hit on each of them very long, mm-hmm. but let's just uh, go through a name. Let's more. run through your also rants. I think we each got four okay. or five also rants. I have six. Okay. So I have Deborah. I have Deborah Kerr in the Innocence. Great one. Yep. Um, I have James Ranson in Sinister. Okay. Um, Deputy so and so. Okay. Um, I have Vincent Price in House of Wax. I have Manu Bennett in Thirty Days of Night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, without him, no one else could have played that cop. It was only on screen for two minutes. So hey, <laughs> it's my list, not yours. Yeah. I I have um, Richard Bennett. Brake from Thirty One. Okay, now he was great. Now. And then I have Sherry Moon Zombie from Devils Rejects. <laughs> because why wouldn't you? Yeah, she. I'll, I'll say of, of those, I think Richard Brake's a really good choice. Uh, I think he is an underrated actor, and I think if they cast Joker, that dude should be the freaking Joker. Oh my um, gosh, he's so good. Did in you that. see Thirty One? I'm not. I, it's not great. He's great in it though. The and first like five minutes is him just giving a speech. Yeah, he gives yeah. a soliloquy at the beginning in black and white for some reason. And uh, but man, is he's good. He's really good in it. Um, but yeah, I think it's, it's a really good list. You got a little all over the gamut. Manu Bennett. I mean, I I love Manu Bennett. I love him. I mean, he's, personally, he's Crixus. I have hugged that man. But I have a he's famous picture with him. But. He he's only in the movie for like four minutes. I mean, like makes, math, the movie you know? me. okay, makes the movie for me. Makes the movie for me. There you go. Irreplaceable. Okay, so Dale, what's on your list? So I will skip all the ones we've talked about. Okay. We talked about most of them, but I have two others to add. Okay. Uh, Haley Joel Osment from Grant uh, One Six yeah. Sense. Yep. It's another one where I felt like Tony Collette was close on my list for her performance in that, but. She's not in it as much, and and clearly the kid is Oscar nominated. Both of them were in that movie. Yeah, and and the the kid is. I mean, you think about how young he was when he played that. I don't know, nine or ten or something, or yeah. eight. I don't even know. Um, and and what that character was going through, and how terrified he must have been. And I, I thought, I, I mean, I just think it's really good for any performance, much less a kid. 
So I got him on here. And then my other one is a little obscure, but I'm going to go with Greg Henry as Jack McCready and Slither. Oh, that's so good because my first one's also from Slither. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Jack's great in that. Yeah, so he... <laughs> There's a, a line I want to say to you right now. Oh, I know. That I can't because this is not an R-rated podcast. I mean, clearly Slither is really more of a more of a comedy than a, than a horror. We but should it's, watch that tonight. Oh, we should watch that tonight. It is an excellent movie. James Gunn um, of Game of, Game of Thrones. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Uh, uh, Guardians. Guardians of the Galaxy fame, um, and you can totally pick up on those tones. But this Nathan character, Fillion. this character, oh. you know, it's like if you take him out of the movie, it's still a really good movie. But with him in the movie, there's oh. so much that you remember about him after you're done <laughs> watching it, and he's yeah. he's just so he's good. got some great lines in it. Great lines. That, uh, okay, so yeah. then I'll jump into my list. So my number my my first of the also rans is Michael Rooker from Slither. Oh, uh, because so good. he is traditionally kind of your hillbilly asshole guy in a movie. <laughs> and in this, he's like the richest guy in town. And once he turns, starts going the monster route, it's just, he is, he is so fun. He is so happy to be a monster and it's great. Um, I also have Alan Arkin from Wait Until Dark. And I, I don't know if anyone in this room's seen that but me. Based on a stage play, he plays Henry Rote Jr., um, He's hunting a blind woman. Uh, terrifying for a comedian. Yeah, uh, Kurt that. Russell in Death Proof. Oh. Um, which is not my favorite Kurt Russell performance. Not my favorite Quentin Tarantino movie. But he, if you take him out of that role, it's a completely different movie. Mm-hmm. And he does a fourth wall break that's right up there with the all-time great fourth wall breaks. I damn near jumped out of my chair when I saw him in theaters. Um, then I have Robert De Niro from Angel Heart. Where he plays Mr. Saifier. His first name is Louis. Louis Saifier. Lucifer. Lucifer. Oh, so, I was just like, oh, cool name. Cool name. Cool name, bro. Butterfly. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, no, Angel Heart is a masterpiece and he's great in it. And then my last of the also rans is Gary Oldman and Bram Stoker's Dracula. I think he's arguably the best Dracula of all time. A uh, different take on the role. Iconic performance, iconic hairdos. Uh, <laughs> he is the first guy, or not the first guy, but he's, I think, does the best job to take to play both the monster side really well and kind of the uh, romantic side of it really well. I think he did both of them equally well. While Lugosi did one really well, uh, Chris Riley did one really well, he did both of them really well. So, anyway, that is it. So now we're down to our number ones, and we have three different number ones. Yes. <clears throat> and what's our... Do we have to be done? Nope. Sir, okay, alright. So um Alright, so Evadine, ladies first. Alright. My number one is Tony Collette and Hereditary. That's why I said ladies first. Ah, nice one. So she plays the mother of Alex Wolf, who was on my list. And her name's Annie. And she she has like a really rough go in this movie, like <laughs> she is like a really rough girl, but her, her, she is so good in it. I don't yeah. know even like what to say about it other than she just like couldn't have. I'll, couldn't have I'll say better. it's a travesty she didn't get nominated for an Oscar because I've never seen a better portrayal of uh, depression and oh. loss. She she shows it in every frame of that movie that she doesn't know how to go on, 
And uh, like Dale said, it's not fun. And she is brutally, she's brutal to the people that have, that are left behind. Um, but she can't help it. Yeah, like, it's one, It's literally one of the best performances I've ever seen in any movie. Um, but I knew you were going to have it, so I didn't put it on my list. Um, so. Oh, but she, oh my gosh. Yeah, great. Not only, I feel like she would be like my top one ever in a movie. But, okay. Gotcha. But she's great in everything. She yeah. is. My she's favorite. a great actress. I, I, yeah. She's one of my favorites. She's She's excellent. Yeah. Yes. I agree. That's good. Good Good choice. What about you, Pearly? So, I've got uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins in Silence of the Lambs. Never heard of that one. Yeah. Um, kind of falls under that obvious category. Yeah. But um, it is an iconic performance yeah. and a, a haunting, a chilling performance. This is another one where there's so many good performances in this movie. Yeah. Um, you could, I mean, I'm not a big Jodie Foster fan, but she's good in it. Uh, Ted Levine is fantastic in it. Yes. Um, but Anthony Hopkins, kind of back to what I'd said earlier about Hamlet Lecter, he's in a cage or cage-ish, uh, for most of the movie. And so it's purely just <clears throat> him talking, him telling stories. Um, and so the, the just masterful um to be able to be so scary and so um um what's the word confident um as, as a as a, a character and, and it's just a great character too he, right? and he won the oscar i mean he did yes. win best actor uh, which never happens in horror movies i mean mm-hmm. it's kathy bates did that and none of us talked about her but you could you could probably you know from that aspect you consider it maybe not a horror movie. Yeah. You know they, yeah. they you could it's kind of a mystery crime you know yeah kind of a, yeah. But I mean it, it he he's terrifying in it. He yeah. It's the scariest scariest part of almost any movie. Uh, and it was such a well received part. They have made sequels. They have made remakes. They have done TV shows. Yeah. Based on him having eleven minutes of screen time or whatever it is in that movie. Yeah. I mean he is because he's that good. He is that good um and yeah it's just it it's uh it's a great performance yeah okay so mine's the last one so we saved the best for last obviously i mean that's how we framed this this could have been my best this could have been my best too and tom adkins in (laughs) everything no it's uh it is christopher lee and wicker man and uh could have fallen in the heavyweights, maybe leave him off the list category, in that it's Christopher Lee, and he is one of the heavyweights of all time. But, um, when you think Christopher Lee, you think of a stoic, stiff upper lip British man. He's maybe a monster, but like he is, he's playing a monster. In this, he is a monster... But he's playing a monster more in the vein of, like, Chris Sarandon in Friday Night. He's jolly. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sings multiple times. He plays piano. And he's a great he singer. He dances around. He dances. He dresses up like an idiot. Um, he, so when he, he was one of the executive producers on this movie, and he took no, uh, he, he, he donated his whole budget to the film, to making of the film. So he didn't take any money to make it. Um, so he did it for fun like much. he's he's smiling I don't think I've seen another movie where I've seen Christopher Lee <laughs> smile in a movie and he is he's the leader of this island Lord Summer Isle and he he oozes 
kind of this pagan uh, charisma. Like, he doesn't understand why this Christian man doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. Um, like, well, yeah, they have sex all the time. All of our people have sex constantly. That's what we do. We're humans. You know, mm-hmm. why, why don't Christians do that? And at one point, uh, uh, the detective says, what about our Lord Jesus Christ? He is the one true God. He's like, oh, yeah. He's a good guy, but he had his chance. And he's like, you know, he's like, we're better than that, you know. And uh, there's no real sound reasoning for what he does in that movie. It's just like it's just it's this what we do here, uh, you know. Um, and as the end is coming, the climax is coming, and and the cops like, you can't do this. It's not gonna work. And he's like, well, it might. That's what we always <laughs> have done. Let's just keep doing it, you know. And Christopher Lee, like my lasting image of that movie is. They sing, the whole town sings in almost every scene. And as they're doing the final scene, I don't want to say what they're doing, the whole town's just standing there, waving their arms, singing in joyful mm-hmm. harmony, while like this, this awful, terrible thing is happening in front of them. And, I mean, Christopher Lee just dominates that movie. And from for that standard, I, I say it's the best performance I've ever seen in a horror movie. So, yeah. and I was probably in my twenties when I saw it the first time, and it was one of those things like, how, how did I get this far without knowing this was out there? Like, th- this is <laughs> well, amazing. It had just come out when I was in my twenties. <laughs> 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 You're an idiot. You're an idiot. Uh, so, all right. So, I think that's it. That's our list, right? Yep. So, thank you, Uncle Dale, for being on You're our welcome. Thank podcast. You, Uncle Dale. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it was niece Evadine. <laughs> yes. And Brother John. And Brother John. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right, Evelyn, how can people uh, get in touch with us if they want to? Um, they can email us at cinemasscoops at gmail.com, and that is multiple cinemas. And multiple scoops. And um, we also have a website where we review movies, and you can message us on there, and that is cinemasscoops.com. Um and yeah, so that was our episode of this week. And next week we're gonna do something. No, 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 no. It's the <laughs> no. We're not doing something. It's part one of the 2010s. Oh, is that next week? Yep. Okay. Um, part one of the 2010s best horror movies. I bet Hereditary's on the list. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Wow. So um, bye. Bye. <laughs>